Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the first day of the year, January the 1st, 2022. Happy New Year's. Thank you for joining me today. It's a Saturday, first day of the new year, new month. Welcome to January. Welcome to a new year. And I know we're all praying, and we do this every year, but we're all praying that this year holds even better things than the year before. And we've had a couple of trying years um, in the whole world, not not just locally or even in one country. The whole world has went through a lot uh, with the pandemic in the last couple of years. And uh, we're just, of course, we're always praying that there is a better tomorrow. And it's part of the hope of the believer as well, this resurrection reality that we have. And so I am with you in that prayer. Um, I'm not sitting here today doing a look back, a reflection podcast. I do want to do one thing a little different today, and that is we are in Galatians 4, and we've been working with Paul's allegory, his statement about Hagar and Sarah and how Hagar is a type of the flesh and a type of the Mosaic covenant, the Sinai covenant, um, what, what Paul calls Mount Sinai or Jerusalem that now is, and he he links that to bondage, and so he's comparing it to what we have under a new covenant, which is a promise, not a performance-based covenant, and in that, he gives us Isaac and Sarah. So what we're going to do in a moment is read that entire story, but I'm going to to read it to you from a different translation. I'm going to tell you why and what it what all that's about in just a moment. I thought it would be a good way to start the year with just this reading of that story through a little bit of a different voice or a little different lens. Before I do that, I want to introduce you to the sermon you can expect tomorrow. We have, for the first time in a while, uh, a pretty decent backlog of sermons. Part of the reason for that uh, is because we have done a sermon or two bonus, just me and a camera, we did that last week for Christmas weekend, but and that that kind of helps us whenever we've got anything in uh, in reserve. That kind of helps us to keep it there. Um, as you know, a few weeks ago we started airing for you the sermons from Westminster, South Carolina. We took a week off to air that Christmas message last week, which means that tomorrow will be the final message from that weekend. We ministered three services in a row in the first weekend of December to the good people at the Tabernacle of Hope Church in Westminster, South Carolina. We've aired for you the Friday night and the Saturday night, but tomorrow we will air for you the Sunday morning sermon. Of all three of the sermons, I think this was my favorite to preach, and I hope it will say to you what I what it says to me or what I hoped it said to the audience there that day. It's titled, Disappointed with Jesus. What a title, right? That's a title kind of meant to catch your eye and hopefully to draw you in and to go, because you know me, you know I'm not disappointed with Jesus. So you're like, well, what's Paul talking about uh, if he says disappointed with Jesus? And here's a little hint. The people to whom Jesus came were looking for a certain kind of Messiah, a certain kind of Savior. And it didn't take long into the ministry of Jesus to where they found that the Jesus they were following didn't really look like the Savior they were looking for. And I, I don't want to give the entire sermon away, but I will say that, that we take you to a, a couple of different moments in the Gospels where 
named individuals. This isn't just some vague uh, parable. Named individuals express a certain amount of disappointment or a certain amount of questioning in regards to Jesus as the one, that maybe he's not the one, that maybe we missed it. Maybe we thought he was the one, but he's not the one. Why were they disappointed with the Jesus they had? We're going to go into what we, in this message, we go into why they were disappointed, what they were looking for, and what they got instead. And then before the message is finished, we take you into the epistles to show you how the New Testament writers addressed the same phenomenon in their own walk. I think this is one you'll want to pay attention to. Might be one of those you need to listen to a couple of times. Don't let the title throw you off. I'm in no way disappointed with Jesus, but I do challenge all of us that there might have been moments in our walk where we are disappointed with what we receive when we went into it thinking we were getting something else. And then that challenge is on us. All right, we're in Galatians 4. I've been working from verse 21, and we've made it down through about 26 as we've sort of worked this allegory. But I thought a good way to, just a short little podcast today, a good way to get your year started is to read this passage to you from Galatians 4 and to read it to you from one of my favorite New Testament translations, uh, literally called the New Testament, a translation by the great Orthodox scholar David Bentley Hart. Uh, For my money, probably the most accurate modern-day scholar of Greek that is still writing. And so if Hart writes it, I at least like to pay attention to it. So I want to read to you from David Bentley Hart's translation of Galatians 4, and I want to read 21 on through the end of the chapter. This is verses 21 to 31. Tell me, you who want to be under law, do you not listen to the law? For it has been written that Abraham had two sons, one from the maidservant, and one from the free woman. But indeed, the one from the maidservant was born according to the flesh, and the one from the free woman through the promise. These things are told allegorically, for these are two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai, giving birth for slavery, is Hagar. And this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and corresponds to present-day Jerusalem, for she slaves along with her children. But the Jerusalem above, who is our mother, is free. For it has been written, Be glad, O you barren woman who bear no children. Break forth and shout, you who suffer no birth pangs, because the desolate woman's children are far more plentiful than those of her who has a husband. And you, in the manner of Isaac, are children of a promise. But just as back then, the one born according to flesh persecuted the one according to spirit, so now also. But what does the scripture say? Cast out the maidservant and her son, for by no means shall the maidservant's son inherit along with the free woman's son. Hence, brothers, we are not the maidservant's children, but the free woman's. I do want to comment before we go away today that Hart has footnotes 
and says this in regards to verse 24, in which he writes, these things are told allegorically, for these are two covenants. And Hart writes, again, one should not assume that Paul does not mean precisely what he says and does not take the tale to be essentially, not merely secondarily, allegorical. His interpretive habits are rarely literalist. And I've said that to you in regards to several passages at several different occasions. Okay, tomorrow we go back into this Galatians 4 and work these last few verses of the passage so that we can get a better understanding of what's happening in the story. See you then. God bless.